All right, we're back on the Freeman Report. Um, this is going to be part two of the uh, 10 greatest rock and roll bands of all time. I'm here with Wayne Barbin, former member of Raspberry Fog with two Gs, if anybody's ever heard of that band. Um, and, and Randy Amar, who's a xenophile in his, you know, his own right. Um, so we're going to... Um, I think that's correct. I'm, I may be wrong. He's a music aficionado one, one way or the other. So we're, we're down to the number five for each. This will be part two. And, uh, Wayne, you go ahead and kick it off with your number five. Okay, again, I've kind of went with more uh, influential on this pick than maybe a, a pure rock and roll, but number five is Free Willin' Bob Dylan. He's uh, regarded as one of the greatest songwriters of all time. Uh, his song's Blowing in the Wind. And these times are changing what's considered anthems for civil rights and anti-war movements for the voices of youth during his time, which is uh, early 60s. Uh, 1964, he was getting tired of being labeled as just a folk song artist, and he decided to go electric guitar. And he produced Like a Rolling Stone, the song Like a Rolling Stone, uh, with the help of Al Cooper, who did the organ riff in Like a Rolling Stone. Uh, this song, not to be confused with Alice Cooper. That's correct. <laughs> Cooper with a K. <laughs> that's correct. <laughs> uh, and this song actually completed what uh, his Dylan's transformation from folk singer to rock star. Uh, uh, this song is considered to be the most influential composition in post-war uh, popular music history. Rolling Stone, the magazine. Uh, why, why it changes, I don't know. But in 2004 and 2010, their list of the 500 greatest songs, Like a Rolling Stone, was number one in those two years. So Probably on. because of the name of the magazine. Probably they so thought they might get a Anyway, I'm going with Free Will and Bob Dylan. Okay, well, that's, uh, that's your choice. Randy, any thoughts on that? Uh, Bob Dylan was not on my list, but he was definitely influential. So I can agree with the call. Uh, he definitely was not on my list either. I was never really a big, uh, Bob Dylan fan. Uh, I, I just didn't get it as much as everybody else did, I guess, but I fully understand. He's definitely influential. Uh, many he people a lot think of songs that other people no, he, sang. He, he absolutely did. And and I mean, he's still around today a little bit. Uh, uh, he actually played a big part in the birds and also the band. Uh, he was very influential. Well, yeah, I think the band actually backed him up That's at one correct. point in time, and That's then they correct. broke off yeah. uh, on their own. So, yeah, he was definitely influential on, on the Now, was he influential on the Birds when um, 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 Dave Crosby was in there with him, or was it after Dave was kind of booted out and, and then went on to? I think it was while he was there. I okay. think it's the early, early Birds. The early birds? Early birds. <laughs> and not the yard birds. Okay. No, they're the ones wow, getting that warm. might be a great name, the early yard birds. The early yard uh, birds. Yeah. They're the ones getting for, warm. For Dave Cox's uh, reference there, uh, who sent me a T-shirt, by the way, a yard birds T-shirt that he saw. So, all right. Um, now we're down to Randy's number five. Which was the Eagles. So Okay, so, we yeah, can. well, you've said that. My, my apologies there. Uh we can move on. Okay, so we're going to – so mine uh, somewhat has been talked about a little bit too, and I said kind of a, not a full disclosure, maybe a half disclosure. But, yeah, my number five would be Cream slash Eric Clapton. Um, I, to me, Cream uh, was considered to be – at least I would consider them to be the first true power trio rock and roll band. 
And although many, you know, they only produced three albums, those three albums are phenomenal. And anybody can come up with a name, Disraeli Gears, for the name of an album, uh, just is beyond me. But when you take um, Ginger Baker on drums, Jack Bruce, who I think is one of the most underrated bass players of all time in rock and roll, and then Eric Clapton, it was a phenomenal um, power trio. And, and the, you know, Jack Bruce originally was a lead singer. He, mo- he, he wrote most of the music that they played. And Clapton was kind of scared of singing at one point in time. He really didn't sing. He sang a little backup in the Yardbirds when he was with them. And um, and then, uh, you know, he they kind of pushed him a little bit to become start lead singing and stuff. And you can hear, actually, there's, there's a couple of songs where Bruce and Clapton are kind of dueling lead singers. Um but for me, they came out and, and really were the first, what I would consider, again, the, the, you know, the, the uh, power trio, I guess, of rock and roll. They were around for, what, about two years, something like that? They were that? around for three years, three basically. Years. And then, like you said, Clapton moved on. They got t- ben, Bruce and Baker, who actually were in a band previous to, to Cream, uh, hated each I won't say they hated each other, but they just fought like cats and dogs. And I uh, just couldn't get together. And so when uh, Clapton finally had enough, he formed Blind Faith, and Ginger Baker was his drummer. So at least they got along, and then you know they had several other. St- that was a super group, so to speak, that lasted for one album. Um, but but you obviously you mentioned Eric, so I kind of had him solo. I won't necessarily go into that, you know. But uh, I mean, he was he was nicknamed Slowhand for a reason. Um, I personally, I'm not going to argue with Hendrix being the greatest guitarist of all time, but I think I think Eric Clapton is really right there with him. The guy. Is, as you mentioned, is the only one, I think, that has been inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame for three different times as a solo artist, as you said, for Cream and for the Yardbirds. And um, he's still around today. He puts on a, every now and then a, what they call the uh, Crossroads Guitar Festival. If you've never seen it, um, they, you know, it comes on. You can get it on HBO and stuff. I mean, he has some phenomenal guitarists. Um, when he and Stevie Winwood, I, I can't remember which year it was, but I watched it when he and Stevie Winwood were just kind of up there together. It was unbelievable. Um, and he's got, that's where I see John Mayer come. I, people don't know how good a guitarist John Mayer really is until you see something like that. He, he, he spots his talent and he brings it in. So for me, number five, Cream and Eric Clapton. So, uh, all right, well, we're moving on to number four. Uh, this is a big one for, for Wayne here. I know. Uh, it is? Well, I don't know. We're going to find out. I'm all shook up. Okay. Number four, Elvis. All right. Presley, I believe is his last name. Uh, it, it it has been for quite a while. Yes. 1946 to 1977. King of rock and roll. Uh, regarded as one of the most significant cultural icons of the 20th century. The Guinness Book of World Records says he has been the best solo artist selling of all times. Commercially successful in several genres. Ah. Pop, country, R&B, and gospel. Inducted to multiple Hall of Fames. Holds the record for the most RIAA certified records for gold and platinum. Most albums charted in the Billboard Top 200. Most number one albums sold by a solo artist in the United Kingdom. And he's still popular today. 
and there is a ton of imitators that people go in droves still to see. Actually, last night on The Voice, they had a gentleman on there who was imitating, uh, acting like Elvis, and he actually got picked by one of the judges. So that's it. Wow, that's uh, I, think I think that'd be a lot of people's top uh, top ten. Yeah, I never considered him for me. Uh, I, I'll let Randy speak up here. I, I don't I, think he ever wrote any of his songs. I don't think he wrote any of them. Which Elvis did not make my top ten. But as I said earlier, it was tough to put this list together, and he was actually on my big list, but didn't didn't make it. You know, I think I think to that, Randy, and I'm just going to jump in real quick before we get to your number five. It, we all, like I said at the beginning, I think we struggled a little bit. Uh, for me, I kind of got to my, my four pretty quickly, or at least three of the four pretty quickly. But then after that, I had a list of maybe 20, and I just kept pairing it in and out. It was a struggle. So I encourage everybody out there listening, put your own list together. I'd love to hear from you, like I said, and, and kind of compare and um you know, I know my son's a big rock and roll, or John's a big rock. He likes rock and roll. Hell, Foster likes rock and roll. So uh, maybe Foster can come up with a list, my, my grandson. But I uh, would love to hear from you. But as Randy said, it for me, I think obviously for Randy, maybe not as tough for uh, old Raspberry Fog over there. But uh, it uh, it was tough. So, Randy, you want to you wanna jump in on your? My number four, the bad boys of Boston, Aerosmith. America's version of the Rolling Stones. <laughs> if agree or disagree, but uh, the fact that they all five original members are still together to this day, um, and the hits that they've had, uh, "Walk This Way," "Sweet Emotion," had a little brief period of. Uh, separation and got back together in the 80s and had more success through through the 80s uh what can you say i think the five guys together joe perry steven tyler brad whitford tom hamilton and joey kramer together they do something special with the aerosmith I like that the Aerosmith. You know, it's not with Aerosmith the band. It's the Aerosmith. The so, Aerosmith. Uh, uh, Wayne, you, you got any comments on that? Not on my list. I really uh, did consider it, but I, I can tell you that uh, "Walk This Way" is probably the most popular song. Every time I go to a restaurant, the major D says "Walk This Way." So, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so it all Good started. One. It yeah. all started with Aerosmith. I mean, huh? yeah. oh, that's uh, well known. They, uh, <laughs> I, 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 I briefly thought about them. I mean, I think they've done some amazing things. Uh, you're right. The five are still together. Just like I look at uh, you two did not make my list, but I look at you know those guys are the four of them are still together. Uh, I think what's fascinating a little bit to me, Randy, is, and it's not just Aerosmith. And I know Steven Tyler was a judge on, I believe, uh, which, which one? Idol. American Idol. American Idol. Yeah. He, wouldn't even make the, he wouldn't even make the first cut if he really had to sing. Um, you know, and he's not alone he in that. He's well. not. He's not. You know, I don't think Eric Clapton would have made the, 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 you know, but, yeah, he does scream very well. He screams very well. Uh, now, I think in the earlier days, his voice was much better. If you listen to the early part of it versus now, um, but, but, you're right. Collectively, together, they are, they are something special. Uh, I thought about it, but they just they just weren't in my in my group. For better or for worse, I think uh, Stephen Tyler was responsible somewhat for 
Did I say Eric Tyler or Stephen Tyler? Stephen Tyler. (laughs) He was partially responsible for uh, a lot of the rap in the rock. Yeah, yeah, no, and they brought some in. You're absolutely right. They brought some in, and uh, they they experimented, you know, which I I appreciate. They didn't just say, okay, here we are, we're hard driving. They they experimented, and you're right. He he brought some of that in, too. They experimented a lot of other stuff, too. Well, yeah, they did. At least, certainly he and Joe Perry did. I I can't say as much. The toxic twins. Uh, And I do think Joe Perry is an outstanding guitarist, too, no no doubt about it. Um, So for me, coming in at number four, and again, some might balk at this pick. But I believe that Pink Floyd may be one of the uh, most highly underrated bands out there. And I remember growing up, um, and, and I told Randy this story. Um, I used to go into, when I was at LSU, I used to go into, there was, a, there was a record store right underneath where the Chimes is now, which used to be the drugstore. Uh, it was called Leisure Landing. Wayne, I don't know if you remember it or not, but it, it, was, you know, it was pure albums. I used to go in there all the time. And I remember these guys, a couple of guys sitting there <coughs> talking about, Pink Floyd, you know, who who the heck is Pink Floyd? You know, oh, we got to go to a Pink Floyd concert. I got to make sure we get tickets. And it wasn't to Baton Rouge. It was like in Detroit or, you know, some other big city way out of here. So I didn't didn't really appreciate them or or really know about them that much, even though I knew the name, maybe until later in life. And even when, I mean, when they put out Dark Side of the Moon and they put out, um, you know, The Wall and some others, um, the album covers were crazy, and, and then they put out the movie The Wall. But I just I just didn't really appreciate them until later in, in I guess, my life, probably in the last 15 years or so. I've really gotten to listen to them and, and see how good they are as musicians. Now, they are not what you would call hard-driving rock and roll by any means. They're more of the... Um, I think they were the you know kind of pioneers in their sub-genre of rock and roll music. Um their original lineup included a guy named Sid Barrett, who was who was their lead singer, lead guitarist, and Sid just kind of suddenly went out. I mean, I don't know. They never said it was drug infused. I got to believe part of it was, but he just. I remember uh, I heard the story that he was on. It might have been Dick Clark or something. They were playing me, and, and he wouldn't even mime. He just sat there. Back then, they they did mime sometimes on uh, Dick Clark. He just sat there and wouldn't even move his lips, and I think after that they realized there was a problem. So when he when he left, Dave Gilmore had actually already come to the band as a fit. They they needed somebody to take over at least guitar and stuff, and so he came in, and that's when Roger Waters, when they kind of booted Sid out, Roger Waters, the bass player, really took over as far as writing the music, pushing them in a direction that they went. He looked more at concert, you know, at concept albums. I think again, you look at the wall, um, you look at animals, which is another one, and Dark Side of the Moon. But I think Dark Side of the Moon, believe it or not, is the third. Well, I mentioned the top two selling albums of all time: Thriller by Michael Jackson, Eagles' Greatest Hits. The third is Dark Side of the Moon. Um, I didn't pick them because of that. I picked them because I think they really set a trend in, in their music. Um, I never saw them live. Now I wish I had. I've seen, uh, I've seen, I wasn't there personally, but Dave Gilmore live at Gdansk in Poland. I've seen that documentary and I just, I just love their music. Again, a lot of people may, may disagree with it, but I think Pink Floyd, I was a leader in what we call today prog rock. To a degree, you got you had yes, yes was on my periphery. 
Um, but I think when you look at the totality again, that word I'll use a couple of times, uh, somebody, you know, somebody was mentioning catalog and uh, like I was talking to Wes about catalog. I, I think they really set the trend for that. And, um, you know, both waters and Gilmore still tour today. They don't talk to each other. Waters left in 1985 and, um, they, 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 Got back together, I think, for for a couple of causes. Live Aid was one, or Live Eight Eight, whatever. Um, but Pink Floyd was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1996. So coming in at number four for me was Pink Floyd. All right, uh, I think we're just getting hods here. No, no, no comments. So we'll move on to. Uh, uh, obviously, that wasn't even on the periphery for you two guys, and that, that's okay. Oh, Pink Floyd was on my on my big list. Yeah, just another brick just. in the wall. For me. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, you're on you're on fire today. All right, so moving on, uh, number three, number Wayne three Barbin, is, aka Barbarino, Wayne Bobbin, and uh, Waybar. Number three is I'm assuming these other two gentlemen are going to have on this above mine. So if they, if they you do have it, I would like you to speak instead of me okay so number three is the rolling stones uh they're I, my number two they're so my number two i would prefer y'all talk okay. about them all right and i talk about them all right uh randy you want to go ahead first or well what can you say the rolling stones long lasting jimmy keith richards and uh mick jagger i mean you start off you look at the generations of songs uh, hits from the 60s you got satisfaction give me shelter you can't always get what you want into the 70s brown sugar angie sympathy for the devil getting to the 80s start me up waiting on a friend emotional rescue into the 90s uh, you got me rocking love me strong lots of good tunes there so they have definitely stood the test of time Six decades and still. Yeah, they they uh, and Randy can come back in, but they uh, they were they were formed in 1962, 59 years ago. And as he said, Keith Richards and Mick Jagger are still playing today. They actually were supposed to be at the uh, New Orleans Jazz and Heritage Festival, uh, playing I think a month from now, but then that got canceled due to COVID. But uh, Keith Richards was actually looking for, I don't know if you know the story or not, Randy, but Keith Richards was looking for uh, 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 members. He wanted to start a rock and roll band. He may have been in one, I don't, but he wanted to start his own. And he was, on a, he was on a train platform, and there was this guy with this big book of kind of blues songs, and, you know, just had all that. And um, it, was, it was Mick Jagger, and they started talking, and... and uh, Eventually formed the Rolling Stones, and and the rest is history to me. Now, I think we have to give uh, we have to give recognition because you you mentioned too, but Charlie Watts, who passed away last month, was also a founding member of the Rolling Stones, the drummer. So you had three guys that that uh, played together for literally fifty nine years. I mean, decades. they they did they did, thank you. They did uh, they did. Six decades. Six decades. They, you know, they had some turbulent times. They did split up a little bit, but they they ended. They kind of went their own way for a while. Uh, Jagger, you know, wanted to get into movies and do some other stuff, but and they did a lot of other stuff. Certainly, Keith Richards did, but they always came back together. And I think I think another thing for me that's very interesting is 
maybe y'all can prove me wrong on this. I don't think anybody's really imitated the Rolling Stones. I mean, I think there's others. You know, you can say Pink Floyd. You can say some of the others. Uh, when you mentioned Black Sabbath, you know, others kind of came in. I don't think anybody that I know of has said, hey, I, I want to imitate the Rolling Stones. So to me, when they, re- you know, they started out kind of wanting to play the blues and all of that, when they started writing their own music, you mentioned a lot of their songs, Randy. When they started writing their own music is when they started gaining international fame. And, um, you know, they kind of became the bad boys to the Beatles. I mean, the Beatles were the good boys, wore the same suits and everything, and they, they wore different clothing and were, were the bad boys, and, like, it, and it worked for them. Yeah, they were like gritty. You know? They were gritty, but but I have to say, back to uh, Steven Tyler, I think Mick Jagger couldn't pass the first go-round on uh, American Idol or The Voice or any of that, but it works for them. Uh, I, I remember I, I was watching one of their movies, uh, documentaries, and Keith Richards was singing a song, and I said, my God, he's just, he's horrible, but I don't think he cares, they care. Uh, it, it was him, it was his song, and, and he sang it, and people in the audience knew it. So, sixty-three uh, albums. Sixty-three albums. That's a lot. That's, that's that is a lot. Um, so you know, I, I would also uh, give kudos to Bill Wyman, who was their original bassist, and then uh, they brought in who did they bring in as their guitarist, Randy? Eventually, Ron Wood. Ron Wood came in in nineteen seventy-four, and who did Ronnie Wood play with prior to becoming a member of the Rolling Stones? The Faces. Who and who was the lead singer for The Faces? A guy you might know by the name of Rod Stewart. Man, maybe? Randy, you just—I cannot get anything over it. Why are you sitting here, kind of crap? You are absolutely right that Rod Stewart was a lead singer for a band called Faces, and Ron Wood was the uh, was the lead guitar. So I'm going to kind of wrap this up from my perspective because I think Keith Richards made a comment one time. I don't think he's a—he was a, a great guitarist in his own right i wouldn't put him in my top 15 or 20 nor would i put ron wood i thought he played guitar better when he was you know lead guitar so to speak when he was with faces but keith richards made the comment when you combine the two of them being keith and ron you had one hell of an outstanding guitarist and i can't argue that i mean again they play together he's been there since 74 so that would be what uh five decades i guess huh wayne Six decades. For no, the no, songs. but I'm saying, I'm saying, I'm saying, Ron Wood would have been with them five decades. Um, I, I don't think anybody from that group has really morphed into another a group, have they? No, I mean, Bill Wyman left in the early '90s and started his own group, but it's more like what he wanted to do. Charlie Charlie Watts was big into jazz music, and that's really where he was more of a jazz drummer. He hated touring, um, you know, but but he but he stayed with them, and I mean, it just I remember Charlie Watts just had the same look, every, and I've seen the Stones three times as well. Uh, Mick Jagger does get up there and prance on stage, uh, you know, he he's got his little funky moves, but they're a great band to watch. I mean, maybe not so much today. I'd still go see them today if I could, but but back in the day in the seventies and early eighties. They were they were a fantastic band to go see in concert. Definitely. So they uh, the believe it or not the Rolling Stones were inducted into the Hall of Fame in 1989. So that's Randy. You got anything else you want to add on the Rolling Stones? Or I'm so good. That's that's kind of our two. So let's jump into your number three. Back to your number three. My number three is going to be somewhat related to some of the guys you brought up already. 
we're going to call them uh, from the ashes of the Yardbirds. There was the new Yardbirds, also known as Led Zeppelin. Full uh, disclosure on this, Led Zeppelin slash the Yardbirds were my number three. So now we're getting into uh, all right, uh, very influential <laughs> band uh, through the years. You've had bands come around, White Snake, Kingdom Come in the 80s that were called Kingdom Clone because they all try and sound like Led Zeppelin. So, But uh, King Crimson did not try and sound like Led Zeppelin, did they? No, they did not. <laughs> uh, there's a band... Uh, a band right now called Greta Van Fleet. I don't know if anyone's ever heard, heard of them, yeah, but they sound somewhat Led Zeppelin-y. So, uh, they've definitely influenced uh, some generations there. Robert Plant and Jimmy Page. What can you say? Stairway to Heaven? So, I think y'all got my intro. Go ahead. I'm sorry. But I would say Led Zeppelin were... Minus Pink Floyd, the kings of the long jams. Uh, yeah. A lot of long yeah. long songs. Uh, one of my favorite albums is Physical Graffiti. song called Cashmere, I'm sure you're aware of. Go ahead. But anyway, thoughts on Led Zeppelin, Wayne? They were on the outside of my list. I don't, I don't have a problem with them. All right. Well, for me, again, they were number three. And uh, Wayne knows I love the Yardbirds. I, always, I think, um, I, so I kind of slash, and Randy mentioned it, but I will slash Yardbirds, kind of much like Cream and Eric Clapton. The Yardbirds uh, had three outstanding guitars. So we have Jimmy Page, who formed the new Yardbirds and then moved into Led Zeppelin. Uh, you know, they, came, they renamed themselves Led Zeppelin. And I'm going to ask both of you if you know how they came up with the name Led Zeppelin uh, in a minute. But... Uh, so I'll give you time to think. It's really funny to me. Um, but you also had Jeff Beck, who I would put in my top five as far as what that man can do with the guitar. He can make it sing. and I mean, he literally does. But um, for me, Jimmy Page is, is just, he, he'd be in my top five, clearly as far as, as guitarist, outstanding guitarist. Then you had John Paul Jones, the bass and the keyboards, and probably one of the greatest drummers of all time, John Bonham who unfortunately passed away in 1980, and I would love to see had he, his son played a little bit with him after John Bonham died. They split up right after that, thought they'd never be the same. He did come in and play with him a little bit. Uh, you got a comment, Randy, on that? or just? Well, I would just say that uh, Jason Bonham yeah. drums just like his dad. No, he, and, he, and I think they were shocked by that. Yes, uh, he was incredible. Uh, definitely miss Bonzo. Uh, <laughs> It was a shock when he uh, passed away in the late seventies. But so, so for I'm me, about their name. You. Well, I'm gonna tell you that in a minute. But uh, for me, the you know they were the first what I would call true heavy rock and roll band. Um, and and you know you mentioned power trio. I mean, I mentioned power trios like Cream. When you think about it, there was really three guys playing music. Um, Robert Plant was a singer. He wasn't playing an instrument. However, I will venture to say, Robert Plant's voice was an instrument. A lot of people, uh, I think, consider Freddie Mercury to be probably the greatest rock and roll singer of all time. I, I disagree with that. I think Robert Plant, if you listen to, to him sing, some of it, it it's, it's, a, it's another instrument in itself. Now, he's slowed down <laughs> over, over the years, but, um, 
you know, two of their two of their first three albums hit number one in both the U.S. and the U.K. Um, again, they pioneered the heavy rock sound, not heavy metal like a Black Sabbath, but but really to me heavy heavy rock and roll sound. Um, other bands, as Randy mentioned, followed and tried to imitate Led Zeppelin, but they never really did. Um, you know, they started out considering they wanted to play the blues and then they kind of morphed into what they did. And I think that was led by Jimmy Page and where he wanted to go. And then with Bonham's death, they kind of broke up. They've come back together a couple of times. And if you ever get a chance to see uh, when they were inducted into the Hall of Fame in 1995, Hart um, did the did the version. They're sitting in it. John Paul Jones and Robert Plant and Jimmy Page are in the audience. And... Um, John, you know, Jason Bonham, I think, is on drums right there. And it's just a very moving heart does a does a hell of a job of uh of singing Stairway to Heaven. But um Robert Plant still has his own solo career. He's put, you know, several albums out. He's gone into a couple of other uh I know he's had a couple of other collaborations, but he still does it. Jimmy Page, still a big, big producer in our industry. Um, as far as I think he's had a tremendous music musical influence on a lot of band. So the way that Led Zeppelin um, got their name after the new Yardbirds, they realized, I think the uh, Keith Ralph, who was a lead singer and kind of the leader of the Yardbirds. No, you can't, you can't use that. Keith Moon, who was the, who was Keith Moon? Wait, he was a drummer for Randy knows this. So I'm not going to, in the essence of time, Randy, you want to go ahead and tell me who Keith Moon, who? Yeah. The, yeah. The uh, who? who? So Keith Moon, um, who who Jimmy Page had actually tried to recruit for a band at one time, along with Stevie Winwood and a couple of others, uh, and, they, and they didn't they didn't form it. Obviously, Keith Moon said when he saw this this lineup, this group, this members, uh, said y'all y'all aren't going to make it like you know y'all are going to flop like a lead balloon a lead balloon. So they, uh, I think they took a front to that and, and named themselves Led Zeppelin. And actually, the lead was spelled L-E-A-D. They changed it to L-E-D. That's correct. It's L-E-D. So it's kind of like the lights. All right. So that's our number three. Um, and that was, uh, so let's move on to, uh, we've already done my number two and Randy's number two, which was a Rolling Stone. So it's interesting. Randy and I had the both number three and number two. So we're getting to Wayne Barbarino's number two. Now number two is going to be, which I really wanted to be my number one, uh-huh. but I figured you two guys had him as number one, so I'm going to let you talk about him. It's the Beatles. Well, uh, we're going to let you, uh, okay, so I think in, in the essence of fairness here, that's your number two. We're both, uh, did you have the number? Okay. Uh, yes, sir. All right, so I think what we're going to do here. We're going to let you talk about your number one first, and then we're going to come back and talk about because that's two of us number one. Right. So and and really, Beatles is my all time favorite. I, I, so, I tell you what, uh, I am I am really you got me you got my interest peaked here, Wayne, <laughs> as to who your uh, your number one is. Well, I, I am going to be just I'm I'm trying to think here. You, you never, it's never, probably the Dave you, Clark Five. Or, if it's Gary Puck and the Union Gap, I'm calling Jim Hall right now. It's the Turtles. Okay, all right. No. Are you so uh, happy to see us? I'm so happy. I did this. I'm throwing a net over something again. And my number one is the 50s. The 50s. Okay. Buddy Holly, Chuck Berry, Little Richard, Elvis, Bo Diddley, Jerry Lee Lewis, B. 
Bill Haley in the comments, Everly Brothers, Fats Domino. I think without any of these people, we wouldn't be talking about a lot of these that we've already talked about. Um, this is who they've influenced. Little Richard influenced the Beatles. The Beatles played 11 of his songs during their live performances all the time. Otis Redding, CCR, Led Zeppelin, Elton John, Queen and Prince. Buddy Holly influenced the Beatles. Jimi Hendrix, Bob Dylan, Muddy Waters, who I didn't mention. He influenced the Rolling Stones yeah, he did. very heavily. And they played in concert. With and him. Jimi Hendrix. B.B. King influenced Eric Clapton and Jimi Hendrix. Chuck Berry influenced the Beatles, Eric Clapton and Bob Dylan. Elvis influenced the Beatles and Dylan. About Elvis, John Lennon said, if there would have never been an Elvis, there would have never been a Beatles. That's my number one, the 50s. So, so and you. look, I, I, uh, I'm, I'm impressed. I would have never, ever thought that you would have come up with that. Um, and, and I, I went old school. I, you, you did. You definitely threw a net over it again. That's uh, a very big I, umbrella. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask a question, though, um, and then Randy and I will move in, obviously, to, to the Beatles. Um, who influenced Raspberry Fog? That would be... Uh, the turtles. The turtles. Okay. So happy together. Uh, y'all were just so happy together, huh? Okay. All right. Randy, the Beatles, obviously, uh, was your number one and my number one. So for me and you, strangely, we didn't start out uh, along the same path, but we ended up But we made the it there. Path. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. the Beatles. <laughs> Have at it. Influences worldwide. Uh, you know, as we talked about with the Rolling Stones, uh, their music has been popular for six decades used in commercials our kids know a lot of their tunes they may not know it's the beatles but they know the tunes uh and one could argue if they had never broken up in 1970 that all the good music that paul mccartney and john lennon and damn yoko won't <laughs> all of them put out during that time that they would be they would have all the hits together just like the Stones did through the decades. So um, there's just not much more to say. They they stand alone and uh, speak for themselves. The Beatles. I, I, uh, I, I fully concur with that. I think that uh, to me they are, and I, I want to caveat this, I guess, but, you know, put the caveat. I'm not a huge Beatles fan. I mean, I, I, but – I do think they are the greatest rock and roll band of all time. I mean, what they did in their short time together, their 10 years uh, together, is nothing short of extraordinary. Um, you know, many who grew up in the 60s and early 70s will recognize, I, I will venture to say, will recognize almost every song on every album that they had. They weren't all number one hits. They weren't all in the top five. But you will recognize just about every song that they had. Um, you know, Randy, I kind of I, I, I disagree in a sense. I mean, I think the, the legend of the Beatles is the fact that they did only go 10 years and split up. Damn Yoko Ono were not. Um, I think they just they kind of reached the point where they needed to get away from each other, and they just never, you know, of course, then John Lennon got, got shot, but never really saw a need. I think for them, they said, what more can we do? You know, the Stones just love playing with each other. I mean, Keith Richards and, and, and Jagger and Charlie Watts still love playing with each other. 
I think um, I think there's a regret that maybe you know that they didn't get back together a little bit, but um, you know I mean you had to me they were the first ones that really started writing their own music. Um, even though the Stones wrote a heck of a lot, they started when they started out they were playing the Chuck Berry tunes and others. Um, you know from from the very start these guys especially McCartney and Lennon were songwriters they were the two lead singers again there's not a whole lot of bands that had prominent two prominent lead singers and George Harrison could sing in his own right Ringo to me with a hell of a lot of musical uh, implementation can sing you know but uh, but he's he's done very well too so I, I, I contend that I think the Beatles were the most influential band uh, of the rock and roll era. And when you see how far they evolved musically in that 10 years um, together is, 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 again, extraordinary, outstanding. They, they to me, define the modern sound of rock and roll more than any other band. When you listen to the early, early Beatles songs, such as I Saw Her Standing There and I Want to Hold Your Hand, um, to songs at the end like Hey Jude and Come Together, uh, I don't think anybody progressed as much. You still listen to early stones, like, you know, Satisfaction and, you know, Get Off My Cloud and that type of thing to where even Angie and all those, I mean, they still sound like the stones. You know I mean? Not the f- early part where they were just playing others, but I think the Beatles from, from everybody looks at Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. Oh, man, that's one of the greatest albums. That's really what pushed rock and roll into a new era. I, I disagree with that. I think... The White Album, for me, was where they really came of age. And I mean, when you can write about I Am the Walrus, for God's sake, what, what, what the if hell? If you can make a hit record out of speaking of the Eggman and the Walrus. Yeah, and uh, I mean, on top of that, who the hell was, who really was Rocky Raccoon, you know? I mean, uh, I, I just, I mean, it's, they, they made songs like that. And, and so, you know, I, I think prior to them, there were a lot of bands that were trying to imitate the, the, the you, you certainly brought it up in one of, you know, Motown. They were trying to imitate the black soul artist in the U.S., such as Chuck Berry, Marty Waters, and others. But the Beatles defined their own style and they stuck with it uh, because they worked before any other band, you know, before or after them. Um like I said, I wasn't necessarily a huge fan, but I do think they were the greatest rock and roll band of all time. And um, I think each of them had a different style that they brought together. Absolutely, that's a great point. And I mean, and you know, I, I put mean, it all together. Yeah, and they had they had. To, you're right because I think you listen to Lennon songs versus McCartney songs. I mean, you know, I am the Walrus. Okay, is one versus Eleanor Rigby. Um, or, you know, come together versus Hey Jude. I, I, they're, they're totally different, but they work. And they had great harmonies, too. When you listen to their harmonies, they I, I, I think the Eagles was probably one of the best as far as the harmonies of a band. But you listen to the, certainly not the Stones, they're not known for harmonies, or, or Led Zeppelin, or, or but, um, you know, clearly they're the best-selling group of all time. Um, and, and like I said just a minute ago, I think, just about any song that they recorded and you hear it you you've heard it before i'm sure there's a few out there that aren't but there's quite a few they had the most number ones on billboard ever it's 20 of them oh absolutely again they were they were the number one seller of all time and they were inducted into the rock and roll hall of fame in 1998 so that uh, i think that wraps up um our number ones our number twos are all the way up to number 10 
we still got just a few more minutes left. And what I would like to do is uh, kind of go around and again, who who was on your periphery? Um, you know, and maybe a, just a just a quick. We don't have to say, but while they didn't make it, I mean, I've got my list. And um, Wayne, you, you got anybody on your list? Uh, I mentioned uh, the Eagles was one of them. Led Zeppelin was one. I had the Bee Gees as one of them. Yeah, uh, that disco era was pretty pretty popular. Um, who, who was the bass player for the uh, – come on, man, from Baton Rouge. Harold Coward, he used to play with. He played with – That's before my time. John, Fred, and the Playboys on Judy in Disguise. You ought to know Harold Coward. He's, he's since passed away. Anyway, uh, that, that was – His wife taught me in the sixth grade at yeah. LaSalle Elementary. I'm sorry. That's okay. I had also had Aretha Franklin on the outside okay. looking in. Okay. Um, that, that's the four I had. If on we do an R and B, I, I think was, you're you're going to have a tough time. I was torn on the BGs because they were influential. Mm-hmm. I think the whole disco thing just caught up with them, and yeah, uh, they didn't mean to be disco, yeah, they got but a little night they <laughs> but they uh, they made a hell of a lot of money doing it. Yes, though. they did. Yeah. All right, so Randy, who uh, who was on your periphery if you if you had any? I know you did. Uh, yeah, there's a lot. Uh, Mostly 70s, uh, like the progressive rock. i got to plug my guy Steve Howe now. Go ahead, uh, yeah, yeah. Yes, uh, Genesis. Uh, go back into the 60s and The Doors with the poet, yep. Jim Morrison. Uh, who could forget him? Uh, Steve Winwood. Yeah. Who we've mentioned earlier. Traffic. Uh, wow, I can't even go for the traffic. Traffic. Uh, yeah, he was quite a talent uh there's a lot of guys out there that definitely belong on this list but it's just hard to break it down to just 10 no we we did and uh for me um you know i I originally with the eagles i had the moody blues plugged in there because i think they were somewhat uh they're still playing together justin hayward and 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 uh uh, a couple of others. Uh, Ray Thomas passed away. He was one of the original founders of, of the Moody Blues, but he passed away a couple of years ago. I saw again uh, them, and I didn't see them physically in concert. I wish I had. And I think they they moved more to. They had to have an orchestra behind them, so to speak, mm-hmm. to play. But they had one at Red Rocks, and I would have loved to have been there for. The, I'd love to see the Eagles at Red Rocks. Um, Creedence Clearwater Revival. That, that was one Definitely. that I think they, they being from Definitely. California, produced a sound that's so swamp music-y. Uh, you know, a lot of people thought they were from South Louisiana, and they just the way they sounded. And I they think weren't. John Fogarty is still around. John Fogarty's still around. He's still playing. Um, unfortunately, Tom, his, his bass-playing brother, passed away a while back. I had Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. Um, but but I, I can't say that they really set the world on fire for me. I just think they had great harmonies too, and um, you know, four guys from well, three coming from different bands. Two of them, Stills and, and Nash, not Nash. Uh, Young came from Buffalo Springfield, um, you know. But but them, um, Heart was one. I felt like I needed if there was a woman's group, uh, which I didn't know this until I started doing my research a little bit. I actually thought that the Wilson sisters it started Heart, but they didn't. Heart started uh, prior to them, and then when they came on board, they re- that's when Heart really started to take off. So Ann and Nancy, I think, had a big influence. And from a um, you know, there's certainly other female groups out there, and they're not by by you know, they're not singularly a, a female group. But I think Ann Wilson's voice is. It's just incredible. Uh, a couple more that I had, Fleetwood Mac. Um, 
you know, and I, and, and I think uh, a lot of, again, another kind of lead female there along with uh, um, Lindsey Buckingham, two lead females there, I guess. Um, and then uh, for me, you too. Um, kind of when I was struggling a little bit with Foo Fighters, I had you two in there. They're still around. The four members are still together. Uh, a lot of people consider them the greatest band after the Beatles. I don't see that at all. Um, but I, but I do think that they, they play fantastic music. And, um, so, uh, any, any others you got to add? Any more comments, Wayne? Uh, other comment you to talk about the British invasion. Yeah. Um, actually the first band to come across the water Mm -hmm. was the animals with Eric Burden. Yeah. They were, they actually preceded the Beatles over here. So I was, I told, uh, I was telling somebody, was it you or was it Randy? I was telling about, um. Maybe it was maybe it was Randall about uh, the animals that they were actually as many bands that were kind of fronted Chuck not fronted Chuck Berry played before he was the headliner and when they did their last song they tried to do something you know like Chuck Berry ish well, Eric Burton said no we're we're not going to do that we got to come up with something else so what they did was they put up a, a red spotlight on Eric Burton while they were playing House of the Rising Sun as their last song. And I kind of set them apart a little bit. Um, again, I can't tell you where I was last week, but I can tell you crap like that. That uh, it just I mean, I love music. I, I, think it's, I think all three of us do. We come at it from different angles to a degree, but we talk about it here all the time. And for me, this has just been, it's been really fun. I think we struggled a little bit with it. Uh, I know Wayne's in there every day going, I can't do it, I can't do it. You've done great, man. You really have done, you've done fantastic. And Randy, uh, I mean, I know your music prowess is just incredible. I ask you questions and, uh, you know, answers before I get half of the question out. I mean, your knowledge is. I try my best. Is second to none. And I mean, you just, you go from here to there. So I think, I think. Any other comments at the end, uh, you know, to wrap it up? Or Six decades. Six decades. Um, again, Jim Hall, we're, we're so sorry that, uh, not really, that Gary Puckett and the Union Gap uh, didn't make it or Pure Prairie League or Poco or, uh, you know, they weren't on my list at all. <laughs> but, I mean, there's a lot, a lot of great bands out there that, that we could have put in here. I might, I might want to do this again, maybe, maybe not necessarily – uh, the goat band, so to speak, but um, you know, come at it from when you brought up R and B. I think we could go there and and guitarists maybe and some other things. So, if y'all don't have any other comments, guys, it's I'm, been uh, fun. Uh, it has I, been fun. I, I, uh, I really enjoyed this, and and again, I want to hear from from others out there what your list is. Uh, Wes, anybody else out there that you know, Dave Cox, I know you've got a list. John Lamberton, I'm going to start throwing some names out here of buddies that, that also love music. Uh, if you got them, send it. We want to compare with them. So, guys, I can't thank you enough for doing this. And uh, please, please uh, listen and, and pass word on, and uh, we'll, we'll get another podcast out soon. It's really been fun. And remember, be part of the solution and not the problem. It's been the Freeman Report. You've been listening to the Freeman Report Uncensored. How about it?